105.6 FM in Tata. Hello again, and thank you so much for staying with us. This is Life Happens, and as life happens, my friend, we move around, we grow in our careers. You maybe want to invest the uh, extra disposable income that you have, and you might be thinking, hmm, perhaps property is the way to go. Let's delve a little deeper into that in our Lifeonomics section, Property Edition. It's time for Lifeonomics, and we're joined by Debo Ho Mafodi. He's an award-winning businessman who has a passion for entrepreneurship, as well as transforming and financing of SMEs. He's also a property investor and our guest today. Uh, let's welcome him with uh, an imaginary round of applause. We're still working on that. <laughs> it's a new show. Bear with us. Devza, how are you? I'm good and you, my darling. I'm very well, thank you. Thanks so much for coming through. No, thank you for having me. Quickly, just update us on the status quo when it comes to the property market at the moment. I know we go through different seasons and something that's called a buyer's market and a seller's market. Where are we currently? Okay, it has been uh, the bias market, um, I think, now for just well over three years. Uh, the market is bad. Obviously, um, it's influenced uh, by the, I mean, the rate that you're currently seeing. Um, that obviously it's currently failing us. So for me, I've always said for sellers right now, it's a bad time to sell. If you want to sell right now, it's definitely a bad time. And right now, we have been thinking that over the years, I think in the last three years, the market will improve. But I mean, we've seen it has taken an improvement, but it's a very small, a small improvement in terms of a percentage point of view versus what we normally typically used to yeah yeah so as a buyer how would you then advise me to make the most of this uh, current climate um where should i be investing my money should i be looking at residential properties should i be looking at retail space factories office blocks you know where is the most lucrative okay um definitely residential um because um residential i'll tell you why most of us uh, whether we professionals we labor workers with this and this there's one thing that all gets us common it's the roof over our head mm. we need a place to go you know um have a roof or even you know uh, sleep at so right now you find is that in terms of a commercial space kind of thing and there's a high vacancy rate right now mm-hmm. that we've seen in history and um, of south africa at this point in time because now people are downscaling in terms of now uh, moving offices into their homes people now are moving offices into shared spaces that's why you see the shared spaces are the ones that half of the time now are booming within rosebank center yes, and other yes. areas So because now people have realized that um, this office, it's a luxury. Uh, other than the necessity now and right now obviously people are going virtual uh, virtual right now so a lot of people now can work from home can have virtual meetings and everything else so now it's no longer about having the good address um, mm. you know I mean I'll make an example for the longest time uh, our office has been in Santin. Um I mean right now we're at the point as well we're currently reviewing as well to say does it really worth for us having offices in Santin, or it's just us having a throwing offense with Adam I've got offices mm. in Bryanston mm-hmm. But it actually means nothing. So now people are going more residential right now. And from a retail outlet point of view, there's still a lot of activity taking place within the retail space. Uh, but however, you see all these malls um, erecting. I mean, I was reading some study um, that was saying that uh, I think we are oversubscribed from a retail point of yeah. view in South Africa yeah. alone. And there's countries like Nigeria, um, you know, that still has an opportunity. I mean, there's a, a group of black developers that are meeting. Um, they say they call themselves the Purple Group that have actually built one of the biggest shopping centers in Nigeria. Mm. You know, and place countries like those, they still now 
trying to get to. And the problem with us, um, Ayanda, most of us South Africans, you know, we are in typically in the township we'd call scum players. We like playing in the local yeah, spaces. Yeah. And you'd be surprised what you could do actually with the many to start tapping into the African market. But definitely um, residential is um, the biggest market because everyone else is still moving from other cities, rural areas and whatever. They're still coming to, to cities generally. And as well, even in t- uh, certain townships now are oversubscribed with people that are looking for places to stay. Mm-hmm. So, and not everyone qualifies for a bond. And at the same time, not everyone qualifies for an RDP. And in, at the same time, our black people are not informed that there's opportunities out there for them to actually buy houses. People don't know a simple thing like uh, the go- government subsidy grant that could give you 122000 to give free money for you to even buy your first home. So, and any as little as 3000 people think it costs money to own a house and it doesn't you know and it's some these are some of the things that i've realized for me they're very close to my heart that's why for me this year it has always been about me over the years making money this and this making headlines and this and really i really to say i've been inspiring people but i'm making a difference in no one's life mm. this year let me do it different let me educate a black child about the importance of understanding money because right now people sing or somebody would read, be reading an article say i made my first million at 23 but they don't know what are the lessons that I, I went through? How did I actually get to, you know? And or others say they're seeing that I'm owning buildings within the inner city and this and that. But they do not know that right now. We're seeing some of these developments. Do you know, Ayala, people are using other people's money out there. Uh, Erecting all these buildings, these developments. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, we're thinking yeah. what people are using their money. Some of the people they don't. And right now, it's not a race thing, but reality is um, some of our white counterparts, they are taught money at school. Now we are not. Mm-hmm. We learn money, go starting, doing mistakes, doing all of these Precisely, things. Yeah. So, and right now, and what's the, mes- what's the first rule that I always said when we were raised, we were lied to. They said, buy a house, buy an investment. Says who? And they said, no, Utsabe scholar, you must be a afraid of credit yes. and right now our counterparts are making so much wealth out of credit so these are the things these are the discussion that i realized mm. that we do not know as black people so hence i said you know what i want to be an advocate for such and let me take it out there simple thing transformation we're in a country that's speaking about the issue of transformation right mm-hmm, now mm-hmm. this property industry it's a six trillion industry as black people we do not even own one percent of it and from a listed point, we only have two listed uh, black um, property fund or property uh, development companies, both with a, an asset value of over ten billion. Mm-hmm. Even them combined, they don't make up the one percent. So who are fooling? Who are we fooling? Who are we actually transforming? Sure. Uh, from a listed point of view, women—they don't even sit. There's not even one percent of women sitting in JSC listed companies. And right now, some of that, for me, being advocate or being vocal about this, some of them, I've actually taken them on and I've said, you know, and they said to me, there's no black people. So, and that's why for me, I said, no, I'll make a platform where we'll empower some of these individuals. We'll get them informed, get them ready. When you say there's no black people, we'll, we'll present them in front of you to say, these are the projects, these are the numbers. And then we'll why see what the excuse will we'll be. We'll see what the excuse will be this time around. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break, but I also want to invite callers. Um, your SMS is also welcome. Your voice notes. Let's also just interact on the subject. If you have any questions that are property related, uh, let's unpack that. 614 104 
0567 is our WhatsApp number. That's where you can send your voice notes and also uh, text. And then uh, we have our SMS line at 40938. Or the good old-fashioned phone call at 0891-104207. Any of your property questions, we'll unpack in just a moment. We'll also go into the property stock fell. That's what I want to touch on when we come back. Right now, it's 20 to 2. Life Happens with Ayanda Ali Payne. Weekdays, 1 to 3 p.m. Let's continue our Lifeonomics Property Edition discussion. Uh, just before the, the break, I, I hinted at what I'm interested in. This phenomenon called property stock fell. What is it? How does it work? And is it as successful as people say it is? <laughs> um, okay, one thing. I think we must give a disclaimer on this one. Um, I know that recently I bumped into somebody that said they've listened to my interviews. I've always said I'm pro Stockfell. Uh-huh. For me, I always say Stockfell are the best thing that has ever happened to South Africa, um, to our black people. We've always had Stockfell. We've always been using Stockfell and this mm-hmm. and that. But however, um, I know a group of, um, you know, guys that actually came together um you know some of the you see some of these uh, companies that development wide companies that are there they actually started a stock fell some of them become before they actually became uh, property development companies so but now for me i always say be careful which stock fell you affiliated with mm-hmm. we must give the disclaimer on this one because i do not want people tomorrow calling safm and saying we were promoting things and people were doing stuff i always say it's important to research the kind of stock fell that we're doing Right now, I'll make an example. There's a big stock fell that is based moving around on social media, promising to buy people houses. Mm. It's not true. For me, get be part of a stock fell if ever the mandate or the obligation it's clearly defined, and it clearly has timelines to say we invest over a period of three years. We invest over a period of five years. We cannot do a blanket approach to say you put in so much money and over years we're going to, instead of having a bond, we're going to buy you a house. We're going to do this and this and this and that. Mm -hmm. Do you understand? Because right now what people are not aware of is that Stockfell is self-regulatory. I could put a rule now. Next week I could change that rule. So, and part of it right now, some of those that I've interviewed as well and I've had a conversation with, I've even given them a platform to say, come, let's have a good conversation. Let me break down your stock fair. People have refused to come and take up the mm. offer. Because right now, one of the rules is say, you've been putting all this money a month end to month end and this and that. Then from the, when you run out of a job, let's say you've been saving for five years or your, your, your stock fair needs to mature and whatever, you've been saving for five years. Then from the, Two months before your stock fell runs out, then you run out of a job. You can no longer now contribute your monthly contribution. Uh-huh. Do you know what part of the rule says? Part of the rule says you lose about 40 to 60% of your contribution. 40 to 60% of my contribution saving for five years, it's a lot of money. It's guys. a lot. Let's not play with people. Do you understand? So right now, for me, I always say let your stock fail or let your investment club be um, objective driven if it's short term. I, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. And to say, why are we investing? Are we investing so that we're able to make money? Or are we investing so that we buy each other houses? Because reality is, even if we can say we buy each other houses, imagine we have we are 100. We take out 5,000, 5,000, 5,000, 5,000. Even in five years' time, not all of us are going to have houses. Mm-hmm. Guys, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even in 10 years' time, we might not even all have houses. But you might buy a lodge. You might buy, you see. Yeah. That is objective driven. Yes. We can say, guys, let's say for three years, let's say do this and that. Because let me make an example. Right now, our, uh, our, we're working towards uh, having a fund mm-hmm. for the main purpose of funding black property developers or f- funding you know, um, black entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. And the reality is that 
we want to be in a position to actually be in a position to have a short-term investment. To say, right now, if ever we come in together, Ayanda, we're putting money together. We're putting money together for three to five years maximum. And with a specific return, to say this is a return that we're looking at. And right now, we cannot estimate what will be the return be in three years or in five years because we do not know how would have grown as a business, how would have grown as a fund. Uh-huh. That's where a dividends allowance is able to make our way of. And what people do not know as well is that from a dividends point of view, there's what we call dividends tax. That is as well up to 20% of your genesis. These are the things that people are not aware of. So that's why right now with our platforms, with my platforms as well, these are the things that I try to educate a black child so that a person is aware so that they're not being taken advantage of. Because yeah. I always say the more you learn is the more you earn. And either way, you're going to pay. You choose how you want to pay. You're going to pay by losing money. You're going to pay by experience and doing all of these things. Do you understand? But if ever you're a group of friends, you're able to have a clear objective and you are reasonable within number and you're able to set a target for yourselves. You know that you're working and chasing towards that target, mm-hmm. not what you do not see or do not understand. Sure. It's it's quite interesting because a lot of us were told just, you know, buy a property, like you said, settle down and then maybe get another one, a townhouse, yes. you know, and then you can rent it <laughs> out and then they call it a passive income in inverted commas. But they don't tell us about some of the dangers or some of the pitfalls, such as, you know, your tenant not paying rent and not wanting to move out and you must find alternative accommodation for them True. the tax that you've just spoken about now um having to pay i'm a caretakers etc they don't speak to us about that it's not always smooth sailing when it comes to to property so those who are looking to invest i mean what sort of advice would you give us what are some of those common areas where we just make the biggest mistake that we should look out for you know for instance you may say don't buy a townhouse mm-hmm. rather buy a, a plot of land in the township mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. yes. one thousand, yes. and you're good to go so yeah. don't look for the townhouse in Santin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay. No, reality is, um, you know, the good thing is that, Amanda, you're sitting with somebody that has invested across board. Mm-hmm. So I started off in the townhouse space. Right now, there's platforms out there in South Africa that are marketing themselves, teaching people how to invest in property. The next thing, they start speaking townhouses. But that's why I always say it's important to have a plan because if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. So right now, in your plan, that's where your strategy comes in to say, what are you? why are you investing? Are you buying a house because you want to live in? Are you buying a house because you want to be able to, uh, to make money out of it? There's two kinds of investment. Not every house is an asset or it's an investment. A house you stay in it's not an investment, it's a liability. So if ever, Ayanda, you would have to ask me to say, what should I do? Should I buy a house to stay in or should I buy a house to invest? I'd say buy a house to invest and rent um, for that matter. Then a house that you um, that brings in income, then it's an asset. So right now you'd find it, let's say from a typical townhouse space, averagely in four ways, you'd pay a, a bit of how much? You'd pay about 7000 8000 or even 9000 per townhouse. How much is a townhouse in four ways? 700,000, 800,000. So it means for you to pay off that thing, it's going to take itself two years. It's going to take itself 20 years, sorry, not two years. No. So where's the investment there? Mm. Do you understand? So these are the things that we not we are not taught. And right now, if ever your property makes you money in the likes of four ways, or so at most it will give you a thousand rent or two thousand. If you're saying it gives you more, show me. I'll put in my money. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? Unless if ever you bought it cash, then it doesn't count. But if ever you bought it using the bank, and that's why you find some of the people that have invested there, they're always having a shortfall to say, no, this this tenant is paying whatever rent. I still need to pay for levies. You know, I still need to pay for rent yeah. and taxes. Yeah. I still need to do this and that. So where's the investment there? 
But however, because that's what we call a sectional title. So it means it's a title within a title. Mm. But if ever right now we'd say, take your money, put it into it, that 800,000 in the township can buy you two properties. Just and then you you go to a bank or you go to somebody like me that's a fund um to say help us develop um our own township or in this and that like you've said you could put up a room so typically a lokshin let's say we, we bought a house for four hundred thousand and you put up another eight hundred thousand or another four hundred thousand on top of it it's about eight hundred thousand so typically on a bond of eight hundred thousand you pay about eight thousand and right now um Certain depending where the township, uh, which township you at, Amarum in the township they charge anything from about a thousand rand to two thousand eight. Mm-hmm. So you could imagine, let's say averagely, I take a middle fee um, of about two thousand, and ten rooms are paying you uh, two thousand each. Mm-hmm. That's about twenty thousand. So then you take out the eight thousand. So it means you still left with twelve thousand profit. Mm-hmm. Is that an asset or is that a liability? It's an mm-hmm. asset. Do you understand? And right now that's a cash cow. So whether you there's five thousand coming there, there's right now I drive, I love beautiful cars. Uh, I've got cars that I drive that I'm not paying for them, but I've got properties of mine that are paying for them. Hmm. So if you see me down the road going vr you must know what <laughs> <Pa. laughs> it's not coming from my pocket. <laughs> Dems that we've got uh, an SMS and a WhatsApp, uh, we're gonna delve into those in just a moment, but let's take a quick break. Life happens with Ayanda Ali Payne. Life happens with Ayanda Ali Payne. Weekdays, 1 to 3 p.m. It's Lifeonomics, my dear friends. Deboho Mafodi continues the conversation about property, where to invest, how and why. We have an SMS from John, uh, SMSing us from Pretoria. John asks, good afternoon, Ayanda. What does Deboho mean that uh, people make money from credit? Can he expantiate on that, please? Good show, by the way. Thank you so much uh, for contributing and for listening, John. Uh, what's the answer to John, Debza? Okay. Um, let me make... We we made an example with investing in the township, um, putting up rooms and whatever. Mm-hmm. Reality is, um, you buying that property, would you be using your money? No, it's not your money. It's the bank's money. Mm-hmm. So whether it's it's the bank's money or it's the investor's money or angel investors or whatever, reality is it, it's it's using credit to create wealth. Because reality is, from the minute you acquire that asset, they call it a capital gain. Um, or an asset gain. So it means automatically from a value point of view, you've acquired an asset value of this much. That's why when people buy a property, I always say buy below market. Do not buy at the market or above market. The point is to buy below market so that you're able to make money. Mm-hmm. So one thing that I always say to people, and I think estate agents hate me for this, do not buy the property at the, at the price you're seeing advertised at. Because you know what property, what estate agents do? Uh-huh. They, they, you'll see a property at half a million. So what they do, they allow a percentage, um, you know, and maybe let's say between between 5 to 30% more mm-hmm. um, for them to negotiate. Because they know generally we negotiate. Yeah. So if everyone you come, you see this property at this rate. So we're very quick to sign an offer. Yeah. So, so you're actually you, giving them what they want and more. Okay. Do you understand? So for me, I always say, try need to negotiate the price. So obviously, you'll have, there's tools these days that, that could actually help you give 
the value of the house. Mm-hmm. Even some of the bank's websites these days, they help you determine the area to say, oh, the last house in this area, how much did it sell at and this and that. You'd find that some of the people that bought this property at 100,000, they've been holding on. So when you come, they said half a million. And when you, you didn't do your research, yeah. you didn't do your analytics or your whatsoever or market, you just buy. So that's why it's important to what to actually do your research. That's why for me it's information, information. I always say, Ayanda, people make money out of your ignorance, eh? Yeah. <laughs> your punchlines, though, Devzangwana. Earlier you said the more you learn, the more you earn, yes. and then people make money out of your ignorance. But we shall no longer be ignorant. I think you've partially answered our uh, message on WhatsApp. It's not signed, but the question reads as follows. Hi, thanks for an interesting talk. Any advice for first-time property buyers? So the first uh, bit of advice was always try and negotiate a lower fee. Yeah. Um, anything else that you think we should know? I mean, something for me that was very important that I learned the hard way after purchasing my first property mm-hmm. was things such as movable and immovable assets. Uh, assets. Yeah. Because you go there and you're like, oh my goodness, I love this bar area in in only to find good bar area yeah it's not included and you don't know things like also the dish right the atstv you know sometimes if you don't specifically say it comes with the house curtain rails is it movable is it immovable questions to ask before you purchase the property (laughs) no 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 it's it's true that that, that's why for me let me make a typical thing that that estate agents do when they give you an, uh, an offer to purchase, uh, uh, they say this is a standard offer to purchase. God, there's no such thing as a standard offer to purchase. This thing is a contract; it can be changed. Uh-huh. So it's like when you go to banks, banks they say sanala, sanala, sanala. We always signing. Have you read what you're signing? It's signing in faith. Yes, because right now part of the documents <laughs> that you're signing, you're saying, "Bank, I'm giving you authority to take my money and mm. go make money out of it. With what you make, I cannot claim it." Mm. So right now, from an estate, from a, an offer to purchase point of view, if you need, there's what there's a section called special conditions. If you need to put up special special condition to say you buy the asset is with immovable assets then they do not have the right to what to buy. I've been there myself, found these beautiful curtain rolls. They fitted the design of the house. I bought the house. When I came back, then the curtain rolls were gone. Mm -hmm. I was very quick to contact the lawyers because as well, there's what we call a window period. That within uh, that space of time, you're able to cancel uh, whatever arrangement or commitment that you're in. People do not know that. Really? Yes. And right now, guys, people think banks are out there to get us. Eh? And right now, you see some of the things, that's why I was saying information, information, information. Right now, the minute a person cannot afford, you've been buying, paying this house all this time, you run out of a job six months before you finish your bond. Do you know the bank will take that house? But right now, what people are not aware of is that the bank, they've got processes and arrangements that could assist you as a client. Do you understand? It's either renegotiate your contract do you mm-hmm. or give you a better interest rate or even sometimes freeze your bond payments for about three months while you try to get a job. So the minute they say we block numbers, we do this we and run that, away from we run away numbers. from And sometimes you'd find, I've realized the most saddest thing. Do you know sometimes people that work at the banks are not even aware of some of the processes the bank has. Sometimes mm-hmm. I find myself mm-hmm. educating him about what his bank is, is doing or is offering. And he's the supposed to be the the expert or the person that knows. So I feel like we've been biased towards buyers. I wanted to know 
if I'm a seller mm. and it's a buyer's market, mm. how would you advise me to get at least close to the price that I'm looking for? What do I do? Because I know <laughs> we're being very unfair, but I can just imagine someone listening saying, "But I'm trying to sell my property." Imagine being in Okay, I, th- I think let's let's fix the let's fix the myth. Um, the myth is that um, a lot of people think that um, when I repaint my house or when I renovate my house, I increase the value. So you find some of the time, some of the things that sellers do, sellers overinvest. By the time they want to sell, they want to sell based on what they've put in, mm. not based on what the value is worth. I've done that mistake. Bought in, a go- in an area that I thought was good and I overinvested. When I wanted to sell, it was a problem. I was getting three to 400 less than what I've put sure. in. So it's some of these things that I've realized that sellers are able to make. But I think for me as a seller, establish why are you selling? There's what we call motivated sellers. It's people that are forced to sell. They're selling because they've got a job somewhere else they need to move. They're selling because there's death in the family. They're not selling because they want to. They're selling because they're forced to. We call those motivated sellers. As property investors, we love people like those because they're flexible from a negotiation. Yeah, they'll take anything. Yes, almost anything. So for me, it's it's very important to establish why you're selling. And are you selling because you're trying to get a return of it? Once, obviously, you've tried selling and you see that this market or the property is not going, maximize the property. People do not know that the, with property, it has the beauty to maximize it. You could have a property that's on a yield of, let's say, I'll make an, um, I usually make an example with a property that I had bought for 230 um, with a yield of about 9.6. Personally, I don't invest in any asset that gives me anything less than 12% um, yield to 14% mm-hmm. yield. So, but the beauty about property, you're able to maximize in terms of putting additional structures. It means I'm converting that building or that property into an investment. So it means I'm maximizing on it so that I'm able to put multi-tenant in and make more money uh, out of it. Yeah. So then in that case, you're able to, to give to, uh, a return goes up. Right now, there's different kinds of investment. Do you understand? Then there's investment. I could, we could literally count them down. That would give up. And a property, it's one of the, I think, the unique investment that could actually give you close to about 100% of what you put in, depending on how you do it. But the people need to know, need to be informed. Oh, my word. So much to go through. So little time. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Your contact details very quickly because we are just not even going to get through all these SMSs that have come uh, through. Where do people find you? Okay. People will find me at doublehoma40.co.za. It's my name, uh, .co.za or realestatesa.co.za. They could even subscribe. Um, they, I always give tips about news, uh, about uh, all things property and finance. And I also host events to try and empower ordinary people on how to actually invest in property themselves. So we said Debohoma 40 dot co.za or realestatesa.co.za. Correct. And we'll be sure to tweet and Facebook and all that jazz, that information, right?